7.05. Getting real excited here. It's time for Iron Sports. 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean, we got you covered as well. Ira, we talked going into this week that it was going to be a good one. We've got the NCAA championships, the Masters, which did not disappoint at all. I'm assuming you had a pretty good week. Well, tremendous week. I, I saw the Heat play on Tuesday, and then certainly I saw the championship game on Monday, and, and then I was probably every hour of the day that the masters.com was on either computer <laughs> the television mm. I'm watching because I'm watching Tiger at 11 and 11 in the morning yeah. and then I go into the leaders on Saturday and Sunday um talk about just briefly the the Miami game that was the Knicks game that they lost no the Hawks game oh the Hawks game okay what's your thought I mean we're going to talk a lot of NBA later as the playoffs are approaching um that was a bad loss to the Knicks. You don't want to lose to the Knicks going into the playoffs. No, it's and they did last year too, and knocked them out of the playoffs. Well, there's a big game going on today tonight against Oklahoma City, but we'll talk about the NBA a little later. But it was I love going to the American Airlines for the game, and the Heat are just an intriguing team at the whole NBA playoffs. This is what's so great about the season. We had the NCAA tournament; it ended, and now we went to the Great Masters, and now the NBA starts. So it's like the perfect. I just love the symmetry of sports and baseball starting and baseball starts. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, Coming up just a little bit here on Ira on Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. So what did you do all week, Ira? You know, usually you're jet-setting across the country and the world uh, attending sports events. You said you weren't going to make it to the Masters this weekend, but I'm sure there was a lot of watching it. Oh, yeah. Watched the whole Masters and, and went on Thursday to the Woods to watch it, watch Tiger Woods at the Woods restaurant. I thought that would be pretty intriguing to, to enjoy it there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was literally I probably like eight hours a day of Masters watching. It, it was... um. It, it, it lived up to the hype, in my opinion, and I love seeing the top players playing well. I mean, it, it was very few of the good golfers didn't look good. I mean, we all know Sergio Garcia had a little bit of a rough, <laughs> rough weekend. I had him in my master's pool to win, by the way. Um, so that got thrown out about four minutes into Thursday. <laughs> uh, let's switch gears. Though. We're going to talk a lot of golf coming up here, Ira, on sports. There's just so much going on in the world, like you said, plus... Is UFC and WWE combining? I mean, not technically, but there's such a crossover now that I think it's going to be really interesting to get some of our takeaways on that. But first and foremost, NCAA tournament in the books, and Nova's the champs, Ira. Well, it, I predicted this. I'm going to give myself credit. I didn't think Michigan could shoot, and they were 3 for 23 on threes. Um, what's so interesting about that game was Michigan came out amazing. On fire. They were on fire. They were like... I, like Mr. T and Rocky, like when they start throwing the punches, they were throwing haymakers. They were going everything. And you look at it and you're like, they're up 21-16. There's eight minutes to go. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have played any better. And they're up 21-16. They needed to have more distance. And finally, Nova started hitting shots. Yeah. And then they went on this 21-7 run at the end of that first half. They're up 12 in the second half and uh, cruised really the rest of the way. Yeah. That wasn't even close. Um, amazing. And, and again, as we talked about, Villanova had so many weapons. There were six players, seven players on that team they can throw out there, they can shoot. And Dante De- Defensio, the sixth man of the year of the of the Big East, comes up and has the game of his life with 30 oh points. Um, he, was, he couldn't miss. He was 10 for 15, 6 for 10 from threes, five rebounds for assists. And Brunson got into foul trouble, so he had to run the point. He was doing everything. And what an amazing game. And he was actually blocking shots. You looked at the, um, Dante out there, and you're saying, that's an NBA basketball player. He was <laughs> He's 6'5", too, so he's, he's taller. But I think that's what makes him so great, that when Bridges was slow at the beginning, they really could turn that on, and, and they just made their shots, and Michigan couldn't. Michigan just could not keep pace. Uh, Sean, what about you? I mean, you were on the Villanova bandwagon as well, and the game go the way you thought it was going to? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wanted Michigan to win, but, you know, the, the smart money was on Villanova. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted DiVincenzo, you know, playing 37 minutes um, and dropping 31 points. I mean, he could not miss 10 of 15 from the field, uh, got to the line a ton, six, uh, six for 10 from free throws. Um, and, and, and I brought up a good point because when you saw Michigan start that game and Mo wink at the camera because he was on fire, I think he hit his, like, first six shots um, in Michigan <laughs> – had built up, uh, you know, not not a big lead, but I think they were up, you know, around uh, I would say anywhere in between like eight ten points. I'm um, in that first half, and I was like, okay, you know, th- this is the Michigan team that's been steamrolling people towards the end of the season. But you know, once the game settled down, Villanova got into their groove. Um, the shooters came out and played, and and like I said, I mean, Divincenzo Di- Di coming out and dropping thirty one, um, almost kind of out of nowhere. Um, 
obviously sealed the deal for Villanova. Well, Mo Wagner, um, you know, had the first eight points. was yeah. amazing. And I, th- I think Villanova did a smart thing. And I was waiting for someone the whole tournament to do because he doesn't just – he drives to the basket. Yeah. So he's he's seven feet tall and he's dribbling. And what anybody knows from the first grade <laughs> level, second grade, if the big kid's dribbling the ball and putting it on the ground, that's where – and then the, they weren't doubling him when he got the ball, but when he started to dribble, that's when they were coming. He had two turnovers. Yeah. And after he got those two turnovers, it seemed like he disappeared from the game as mm-hmm. he tried to dribble. And I was waiting the whole – tournament for someone to do that to Michigan and they just sort of let him every time just drive to the basket get the dunk and Villanova was able to just come over and make that steal one of those guards came over and I think that just neutralized him and then they really couldn't do anything else the rest of the game yeah you brought up a great point Ira if Michigan had been up 20 after a dominant you know first half of the first half it's going to be a lot different game than if they're up, what, eight, you know, eight points? Yeah, and clearly because college basketball is only a 40-minute game. Yeah. So if they got a lead and they were able to hold it and slow the ball down and take the air out of the ball, then, yeah, they could have maybe milked it a little bit. And, and Villanova was struggling and not shooting. But when I saw that score, I kept looking and saying, it's, they're only up five. They're only up six. Yeah. That's two shots. I mean, it seemed like on TV, oh, they're up six, they're up seven. But that's just two baskets. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. And, and Villanova just erased that in a minute. Yeah, very quickly at, uh, towards the end of the first half and going in up, I think, I think it was nine or ten at the half. Villanova taking the lead. You kind of knew once you got to Here halftime. It it's like, okay, Villanova's about to, to to dominate this game. Here comes the adjustments, exactly. and we already think they're the best team in the country. So yeah, you got to yeah. extend those leads. You know, the NBA. I think a twenty point lead is nothing. I mean, those just gets turned over immediately. Once you get the twenty plus points in college, like you said, it's a, it's an eight minute shorter game. You're at twenty plus points more than them, and you got a thirty second shot, not a twenty four second yeah. shot clock. So you're able to milk some more, and it's just a way. But and Villanova and, and Villanova sir. Certainly, they needed to get. They needed that distance, and they never got the distance. Seven Eleven. This is Ira on Sports ninety five nine, the True Oldies Channel. Mike and Sean, we're here as well. Ira, a lot of pundits didn't like the way Michigan handled the second half at all. Uh, just you know, interesting uh, play selections. Maybe not rushing when they needed to. Did you think that they played their best game in the second half and just lost because Villanova is a better team, or could they have won had they been maybe better coached? No, I thought they were, uh, Beeline's a phenomenal coach. I think they were they play, coached great for the whole tournament. They're just not a, they weren't as good enough team. They, and they, I no. think they felt in their mind we just played the best ten minutes of our game and we just don't have anything left. We just gave yeah, it all. Yeah. And I think they just like a, a runner who says, okay, I'm going to challenge this racer, and you're out there for a run, and you look back and the, and the person's only just right behind you, and you're like, I can't run any faster. Mm. And they're just right behind me. So that's what. Um, you know, Sean, what do, what do you think? They, they, did, they did everything they can? Yeah, I mean, even if you look out throughout the year, you know, they were the third best team in the in the Big Ten, even though they ended up winning it. But Michigan State and Purdue, I think top to bottom in terms of even roster, were better than Michigan. Michigan just got hot at the right time, uh, um, benefit from a weak bracket, um, and, and, and didn't have to play Virginia or Arizona uh, uh, to, get, to get to the national championship. So um, I think it was finally got to a point where they played a team that that was obviously better than them, and it showed. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what happened, and that's why we saw the outcome that we did. Ira, you know, when you think about college basketball, there's immediately teams that come to mind. UNC, your buddies at Duke, UCLA. These are just massive storied programs. Is Villanova on its way or already a storied college now? Well, they are. It's amazing that if you look back two years ago when they won the national title over North Carolina and they beat Kansas, Oklahoma, and UNC won a one seed, two seed, a one seed to actually win it. So it wasn't some fluke win. But Brunson had four points in the championship game. Booth and Bridges had two points, and Booth had a good game. But they all had supporting roles. So they've now had to bring – they've had to replenish their entire team with other players, and now they won another national title. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. So two national titles in three years in the way way it's set up now. And the other interesting thing, they've been – Favored in 76. Since their last national title game, they've been favored in 76 straight basketball games. That's a crazy stat. That's like Connecticut women. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) And they play a tough schedule. John Wooden Bruins at UCLA. Without without the legitimate superstar Superstar. of all superstars. We've talked about how Bridges is an NBA player. They do have NBA players on their team, and they play well. But um, in this day and age of what dynasties are, Jay Wright's had two out of three years has had an amazing year. This this three-year run's been fantastic. And that is what impresses me more, that they— typically don't have the best player in college basketball, the top three players in college basketball. Ira, though, you know what, we'll get back to this in one second. You had said a few weeks ago, you think that there's maybe two or three NBA um, draftees on this team. As the tournament progressed, you, you know, you, did that go up for you? Did it go down? You still think you kind of know who's going? 
Um, you can see them all. I think if you're an NBA team, though, and what they're looking for is people who can shoot threes. Yeah. There's always a place on these NBA rosters for players that can play defense and shoot threes. And they have a lot of those players. And I think they're going to find themselves, even if they're second round draft picks, they're going to find themselves on NBA teams because yeah. you need to make shots. You need to play defense. And, uh, and they have them. And they're winners. And they know how to win. And yeah. I think that's going to be something these NBA teams are going to look saying, we want pe- we want players that can win games. Yeah. I think for sure Brunson and Brunson and, and Bridges are going. I mean, that. That that's for sure. I think DiVincenzo, when you look at him, I know he's only a sophomore, but he's a six five scoring guard. I mean, he's been coming off the bench and scoring for them. I mean, he he's not scoring thirty one points a game, but you know, over ten and you know, he's gonna step into that role, be a starter because Brunson and Bridges aren't there. And the one kid that I like who I think will be, you know, a lottery pick next year is uh, is Omari Spellman. I mean, when you watch him, the way he plays, he plays that tough, gritty, you know, uh, banging type of uh, of power forward center um, that that you need on, on on a team. So I think and there who, are and who can drain the three. He, exactly. He's almost yes, he can step out and, and and make shots. He's Draymond Green a little bit. When yeah. you look mm-hmm. at him, you're looking at someone. Wow, that's he can play that Draymond. He can run. Not the always floor. pretty, but gets <laughs> right. the job done. <laughs> um, Jay Wright's done an amazing job, obviously. Ira, if you're him, what's the next step? I mean, obviously, we were talking about Villanova becoming a storied program as we go, but there's going to be offers probably from the NBA as well as some of the bigger name programs in the NCAA. What would you do? Well, we've had some great coaches on our show in the two the two months we've been talking mm-hmm. about the NCAA tournament. And and Jay Wright's sort of the classic coach. He went yeah. to Hofstra and was his first records Long were 10 and, eight, <laughs> Long 10, 18, 9 and 18, and 12 and 15. You'd think he'd be fired by then. Then he goes and gets the Nova job. And at, and at the Nova job, his first one, two, he went to the tournament one year, went to the final four. But then he was knocked out in the second round, one, two, three, four, four straight times in the second round. He can't even get to the Sweet 16. Yeah. And so people are questioning, should, they, should yeah. they look for somewhere else? Should they get a different coach? Then he now he's got this great run and now he's the best. So does he leave now and take the riches of what he has or does he just keep building <coughs> on what he has? Yeah. My one... It's interesting to note, he was with Raleigh Massimino, and Raleigh Massimino won the title in 85, and mm-hmm. everyone thought it was great. And then he took a very, un, for what his job was, he went to UNLV. And that was like, why would you be leaving Villanova, the program? Yeah. It's a completely different program to go to UNLV, and it was a disaster out there. Mm-hmm. And Jay Wright was there and saw that. So I think that does have yeah. an effect on him, because he was an assistant and saw, look, Raleigh took the money, but certainly Jay's getting enough money at Villanova, but mm, Raleigh took the money and went to UNLV. It didn't work out. I, don't, I think Jay Wright's going to be very, very careful on what what job he takes. Sean, what about you? I mean, this guy, I think that this NBA teams are going to knock on the door. What do you think? Of course. I mean, but but right now, I mean, three straight fi- uh, national championships, uh, one, two of them. I mean, when you look at him, okay, I mean, he already came out and said after he won, right? He thinks it's the best job in the country, which at this point, I mean, how Everybody can you not? Says that. Now he's won two out of three uh, national championships. So when we talk about getting the best players um, in the country, he might have a chance to compete with the Dukes of the world, the North Carolinas. It's his hometown. His wife went to school there. He said it's his, it was his favorite team growing up. I mean, he's got the money. So how much more money can he get and replace the happiness? Because now he's going to go from something. I mean, being a college coach to being an, a, a, a professional coach, ask Nick Saban that question. I mean, he went. He chased the money. He went to Miami. He lasted, what, a year and a half? Yeah. Because it's, it's totally different where Jay Wright seems to just be – the perfect fit for that. And when you have these college coaches where it is a Coach K, yeah, how many times have we heard about Coach K potentially going to the NBA? He's the perfect college he's not, coach. He's, he's the he'll, most he's not, of course. Coach. I mean, he's, he's never going to leave. He'll be retiring yeah. in the next few years. But he's a college coach with Jay Wright. He's in the right position, and he has the chance to turn Villanova into a Duke, into one of these colleges where he can get four, five, six national championships. They already have three. They're knocking on the the, the doorstep of these other big time programs. If I were if I were him. I'd be thrilled with going the Coach K route, staying there for 30 years, and maybe throw me a, a dream team every now and then. Let me let me, let me yeah. pop into the Olympics, you know, yeah. once just to so you can get the experience and the fun of playing with the NBA superstars. And that's a good point because Coach K has already said, I think he's his done, last Olympics, right? yeah. he's done. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. 719, Iron Sports, 95.9, True Oldies Channel. How much Masters did you watch this weekend? We want to hear from you. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. I love golf. You guys know that very well. Um, where do you guys think this ranks in the all-time Masters? Uh, Ira, 
I thought it was really exciting. And Ricky Fowler's Jordan Spieth shooting an eight under on Sunday. There was a lot going on. All time though, where does this rank for you? I, as I said, prisoner of the moment. It's great when you watch yeah. it. I think there's yeah. been there. I have I wasn't around to see the Palmer and Nicholas, uh, but whenever you hear, when you ever, when you see those stories, they're probably better than what we saw. But what was amazing about this tournament was that when we're going to talk about wrestling a little bit later, this was yeah. a battle royal because Patrick Reed was like uh, it used to be there was a the thing in wrestling called a battle royal where that Andre the Giant or someone else would come in the ring first, and every other superstar would come in the ring and try to knock him out, and they're all in the ring. So suddenly there's 30 wrestlers in the ring all trying to beat. Andre the Giant. And that's what Patrick Reed was. <laughs> he took that lead on Friday. And then the whole weekend, you had not just, you had all the top names in golf for saying, we're going to make a run for him. And he was able to hold them off that whole weekend. And so people are saying, well, he was this a great winner? Was he the right person to win? I give him credit. Oh, he, yeah. he definitely... He, play, he, he deserved to win. He was not going against uh, players that we haven't heard about or are no names or people that cracked under pressure. He was going against... At one point, there were like five major winners right behind yeah. him. And he, at every single time, and they all... One of them took a shot. Then the next person took a shot, and the next person took a shot. It was a ba- and he just held them off the for two for two whole days at a very tough golf course. And not only is he holding everyone off, he's trying to play this very difficult <laughs> course. <laughs> no, Ira, you hit the nail on the head. Um, for me, it wasn't no names trying to catch him. You've got the best golfers in the world right behind you. One of them, one of the top ones, is shooting an eight under. You know, like so you, that pressure on top of everything else. Good for him. He deserved the win, in my opinion. A lot of people don't like Patrick Reed. We'll talk about that in a second. Sean, what about you? Last couple of Masters, how'd this one rank? Oh, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, to, to see the ups and downs, to see guys emerging. I mean, Ricky coming back on Sunday, uh, playing phenomenal. And Jordan Spieth, you know, an eight under tying the the final round uh, record at the Masters. I mean, if you watch Spieth play that, that final round, I mean, it was a thing of beauty. Um I thought Patrick Reed was going to crack. I thought Rory, the way Rory played on Saturday, oh, I kind of mm-hmm. put the pressure on him, and we know how that dynamic has worked uh, in the past with with those two guys. Um, just going back to a few Masters ago, um, but I mean, it was just unbelievable, and to see all these golfers that are under the age of thirty—I mean, twenty-eight, twenty-seven, twenty-six, twenty-five—I mean, we are set up for some of the best golf in the in, in the few <laughs> years to come, and I think the rest of these majors are going to be just exciting as this Masters was. It's interesting you say that too and obviously you know the the, the days of the um, you know Tiger just just dominating every week are probably you know in the rear view window I think he's still going to play well but once he's gone I don't think there is going to you know we, we were ready to anoint Rory McIlroy as the best yep. as, the, as the second coming. We were ready to anoint Jordan Spieth as the next coming. I'm more excited that there is no next coming. Yeah. And we're going to get to see these 12 or 15 these guys. guys battle every single weekend. Yeah. And not just, you know, I love to see domination and Tiger Woods change the game. But for me, this was fun. Looking looking at oh, it on Sunday, like, well, Roy McIlroy, if he does this here and Ricky Fowler does this, Patrick Reed hits it in the water. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have the, all these scenarios in your head because it's not small name guys. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing golfers right behind him. Ira, Patrick Reed is. I don't even want to say polarizing because I think everyone hates him. Is, that, <laughs> is it polarizing when nobody really likes you? I'm, uh, I don't hate him as much as most people. And I think there was a little bit of humility when he popped that jacket on yesterday. Yeah. Does this change your, your view on Patrick Reed? I mean, as a person, a golfer, anything? I think it's a great. I think it. I think it's a great win. But he finished second. I mean, first of all, people say there's rumors. They say, oh, the other golfers hate him. Well, they play with him all the time. They they get along. Like these are yeah. they're not this this hatred that it's like a European golfer. Maybe when Colin Montgomery played and they had the Ryder Cup and and there was some hatred towards that. And that's the only time they saw them was at the majors in the Ryder Cup. But these American golfers, they grew up playing junior golf with him. They played with him. They're with him. They're, the same thing what they say about Bubba Watson. These guys get along. I mean, Jordan Spieth at Hazeltine at the Ryder Cup played with him all the all the for, mm. for all every day so he played every every round didn't with patrick him. reed like support the team through that Ryder cup team? oh my god yeah. yes and, and, and reed was shushing the fans i mean this is he's amazing and his and his record he's a six two and one record in the Ryder cup um at, he's our at, best player at, at hazel team he was three one and one and then he went what was interesting the final pairing was or the first pairing of that of the final day on sunday was against mcelroy and he won mm-hmm. and he and so he's definitely been that people that's why they kept calling him captain america which i thought was nance foolish, kept, foolish yeah. to say that but he's i don't think he's hated by the other golfers i think the fans maybe don't embrace him but i don't see the hatred that that i would say that a colin montgomery would have because i i heard mm-hmm. people boo i didn't people we're not booing Patrick Green. No. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. I don't think people really get the um, dynamic of golfers. Ricky Fowler had a quote 
which is awesome. Something like, you know, congrats to Patrick Reed. I'm just really mad I beat Jordan. I mean, really happy I beat Jordan. <laughs> yeah, right. And people were like, that's such a, you know, a snide thing to say. Like, these guys are all friends. Yeah. You know, like, Spieth is five feet away from him waiting to smack him when he gets off camera. And when, buddies, Patrick, and when, Patrick, are... when Patrick Reed walked off the course, the first person to congratulate him was yep. Bubba Watson's kid giving him a high five. That's <laughs> that was hilarious. I love golf for those reasons. Sean, what about you? I mean, change your opinion on him at all? Well, I, I've always liked uh, Patrick Reed. You're because, the one guy. Yeah, I know. There's one really like do. on Facebook. I mean, this is what it is. It's like, he's cocky like Tiger. He's kind Kind of doughy looking like Phil, you know, so he doesn't look like your average golfer. When you see all these guys now, too, that are on the tops, I mean, it's Roy McElroy in great shape, Jordan Speed. So he's kind of like this frumpy guy with all this attitude. And, and the average golf fan's like, where, who is this guy? Um, but the brashness, I mean, he lost the, some weight. The one, the one thing that I love about him, too, is that he's such a proud American. We saw that during the Ryder Cup. And to beat Rory one up, I mean, uh, that was the moment for me where I was like, all right, this guy is somebody that needs to be reckoned with, you know, and it finally gets over the hump. I think his best finish in a uh, major was second um, a few years back I want to say 2015 or 2016 um, but for him to win a, a Masters you know is he a guy that's going to ramble off you know and, and you know five six seven eight majors no I don't I don't think that but he's a guy that he's shown he, he can play clutch he's a, and that's, he's a force to be reckoned yeah. with and and the fact is is that the cockiness without winning a major takes you so far but once you win it, it's like, okay, I mean, this, go back, it was a few years ago, it was 2015, yeah, I think it was right Sergio after the and you Honda. never win, everyone hated him yeah, until last right year. Right before he played the rally, and he said, hey, I'm a top five golfer. And people are like, oh, Patrick Reed's a top five golfer. That is not going to do you any favors with the fans. Now, all of a sudden, when you got to watch him and go against uh, Rory head up in the final round, to to, to be able to hold off uh, Spieth in the best round in the finals ever, and to hold off a Ricky Fowler, and to come up clutch... I mean, I think it changed a lot of uh, uh, mindsets about Patrick Reed. 726, Iron Sports, 95.9 True Oldies Channel. Mike and Sean, we are here. We want to hear from you. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Ira, we talked you know, briefly earlier. Saturday, I loved Sunday. Saturday was really good. And I love when Rory plays good because it gets me excited. What were some of your takeaways, highs and lows from Saturday? Well, Saturday was when Reed won the tournament. I feel oh, that was like, yeah. so oh, yeah. that gave him the game because he goes into Saturday, he's five strokes ahead of McElroy. Yeah. And if I said McElroy's going to shoot a sixty-five. And McElroy's <laughs> going to play amazing. And McElroy's going to hit shot after shot. And this is Rory McElroy who needs to win a Masters to complete the Grand Slam. This is He's pl- playing great. You have one of the most skilled golfers of all time playing his best golf. He's ready to pass Reed, and Reed's going to collapse. But what's so interesting is every time McElroy seemed to birdie it, Reed, I mean, they weren't playing together exactly at mm. the time because they weren't, but Reed had an eagle on fi- 13, and then he had another eagle on 15. Wow. To really separate those two eagles, I think, were amazing. Because he's still, because as much as great as McElroy played, he shot a six. So he yeah. only was up now with yeah. three strokes going into Sunday, but that could have easily been McElroy tied with him. Like Reed could have been at 11 and McElroy could have been 11 and the pressure would yeah. have been, that would have been a much more oh of pressure God. at that point. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Saturday was, um, Rory, Rackle, Rory McElroy got all the attention, but Patrick Reed looked good. And I was thinking this guy can probably hold on. Like I, I'm, and since I don't like him, I'm like praying for water ball. Like tomorrow, he's gonna he's gonna put one in the drink on 15. You know, it's, uh, what else from Saturday? I. I just, as I said, and then Fowler started coming and playing well. And I think it's sort of how the leaderboard, I think what you saw on Saturdays, you know, know Phil and you know Tiger are out. But then you started seeing the leaderboard and you're trying to say to yourself, what's going on? Where are these other people coming? And and we'll, but the the key, the takeaway has been Reed won that tournament that day. He just put so much distance between he and Spieth. Spieth is at five. So he's at five under. If, 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 If Reed was like a 10 or nine, everyone he brings, but by getting that distance, he was able to say, okay, now you're going to have to shoot a 63 and a 62 to beat me, which. Spieth almost did (laughs) but the point is that he set that distance and they call it the moving day is on Saturday but it was more than just a moving day I think it was a day that Patrick Reed when he knew Rory was making those eagles and he ahead of him and he was still I mean Rory was not making Rory was making the birdies and then he was coming back with eagles Shoney any big takeaways from Saturday what 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 impressed you besides I mean Rory was phenomenal yeah, I mean, Roy was was unbelievable to just put himself in contention. But you know, it brings a good, good points. I mean, that's where Reed solidified it to go into the final day five up to shoot those two eagles. I mean, that was that was unbelievable, and and to do it with the pressure because he heard the wars every time Rory made a shot. He mm-hmm. knew that it's not hard to know. I mean, the golf courses are not. I mean, you know when guys are making you moves. You could see them. That's sometimes what I mean. The, yeah, you know, they're right you. behind you. So 
to know that Rory is right there on your heels and to make those two uh, to, to make those two eagles, I mean, just just hats off to Patrick Reed um, because I, I feel like that's where the tournament was definitely won. You guys want to move on to Sunday because Sunday was interesting. Um, there was a lot of times, Ira, where maybe it's because of my hatred for Patrick Reed. That, <laughs> I'm sorry to be blunt. Um, maybe it was because of my hatred that I, I'm thinking like, all right, here, like I said, all right, speak, just do this. Ricky, just do this. And I love Ricky Fowler. He's my favorite golfer. Did you think that Patrick Reed was going to hold on all day? No, because I found the second. <laughs> people are talking about how well Roy just didn't have it. But after the second hole, he was one. He was putting for an eagle where it could have made it thirty because Reed bogeyed the first hole and then and then uh, and then he 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 was just part of the second. And McElroy is ready for an eagle to. They're going to be tied 13-13. Mm-hmm. The three shot lead was about to totally disappear. So it was thirteen twelve. You're thinking in my mind, McElroy's just we're going to run away with this. That he has him. He's now caught him. That three-shot lead is gone, and then it just didn't happen with him for him. Um, what, what about you, Shawnee? Yeah, you know, I, I think, obviously, what Spieth did was unbelievable, Fowler. Um, one thing that I thought a, a guy that was playing really, really well was John Ram, and then on 15 in the in the drink. I mean, that you saw it just, like, leave his face where he was kind of like, yeah. I just lost a chance at, at, at potentially, I don't think he would have gotten in, in – you know, in in front, but a chance to play. You know, in uh, in a playoff. Um, you know, I, I thought that was big. How about Cameron Smith? I mean, shooting a, a, a six under, um, sixty six round four to put himself in a, a top five finish. I mean, so there was a lot going on, but obviously we were looking at the leaders. But there was a lot of great golf on Sunday. So. Um, just a great tournament, all but the, the battle the battle royal idea is that the fact that when when Rory started to fall back and started yeah. making the bogeys, you're like in your mind you're saying, okay, Reed's just gonna coast. His he's playing with Rory. Rory's not doing it, and then you hear you just keep hearing they're showing Spieth just mm-hmm. getting another birdie after another birdie after another birdie. He had five in a row. I mean, wait, five in a row. I believe it was five in a row. And yeah, then you yeah. when you get to eleven, when Fowler when when Rory's down to nine on the eleventh hole, Reed's at thirteen. Spieth is at twelve. So now Spieth is now one stroke behind. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like Reed hasn't played horrendous, but Spieth is now you know coming. Up on and I like think that. he tied him at 16. He that's when he that's when he actually tied him at uh, at at five, well, I think it was 15 under, right? But I thought you know, Re- Spee said he wasn't following what's was happening. I haven't heard what Reed said if he was. Spee said I didn't know what was going on in the mm-hmm. whole tournament. But on 12, Reed when that when it was one stroke, Reed birdied 12. I thought that was key. That put yeah. him back to 14, and that gave him that, that little extra. But on your right on 16, that was when Spee had actually tied him, and yeah. then that was amazing. And then then Reed then uh, birdies and and and. Spieth and Spieth bogeys. I love the excitement on 18 too when Reed hit the one shot and then he and then that that first putt and it just ran right past and I was like oh my god <laughs> here we go and even though like to a to to a PGA you know a pro golfer I mean that's that's a that's a tap in you know even though it was I, I think it was a five foot putt but I'm just in my head I'm like this is not easy to 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 yeah. win right now and you got to hit this putt I just couldn't believe it and uh and he drained it so uh, hats off to Patrick Reed. And then again from the same oh my God. <laughs> the same thing I'm saying is that when Spieth, you know, I thought he was going to he was going to birdie 18. He yeah. birdies 18. They're tied. It's going to be great. Drive. Well, oh then he God. then he hits the tree. He hits a tree <clears throat> and then he bogeys 18. And yeah. Reed's now a three strokes out of him. But then so you think finally Reed's in the clear. He's oh, it's over. But no, Fowler, Fowler. comes out of nowhere. It's yeah. like, where's this guy coming from? Yeah. It was absolutely so thrilling to watch every top golfer say, you're going to, here's my best shot. I'm going to get another birdie. It is amazing. And Reed was able to withstand that the whole time. Now, I give Reed a lot of credit. He was on the par fives. He didn't birdie them, but he was very conservative. He didn't make sure he didn't make any mistakes. What Spieth did again against Danny Willett two years ago when he you know hit the ball Made in the water. Oh, my God. And, and where Phil would make a mistake, I thought Reed played smart. He played conservative. He yeah. certainly made his putts, but he wasn't making stupid shots, and no. he was very. Cons- you hit that on the head, and I think he he knew and he knew I'm not going to lose this myself. No. someone's got to beat me, and if I need to turn the pressure on, I will. But I'm going to come out here, play my game, and someone needs to come from behind and beat me to yeah. take this tournament from me. Seven thirty four, Iron Sports ninety five nine, True Oldies Channel. Mike Balsamo, Sean McGregor here as well. Uh, before we move on from golf, your buddy Tiger, what's your takeaways, Ira? I mean, it, obviously. He likes green jackets. Didn't get one this weekend, but I don't think he looked that bad. Well, I, I mean, the haters are all out. I mean, all weekend I heard. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the old man. Is he going to play the Champions Tour next weekend? <laughs> oh, all God. this stuff. That's all everyone, because everyone knows I'm a big Tiger fan. But 
Look, he. it seemed to me, this is my analysis, and we're going to have Scott Deal a little later to yes. talk about uh, at 7.45, and he's going to give a better analysis. But to me, it looked like what Tiger was, he just couldn't put three, four shots together on a hole. And on this course, you really do. Because he drove really well. His yeah. iron play was terrible. But sometimes his iron play was better and his drives were yeah. bad. And he was putting well some days and not putting. But he, he still finished plus one, finished 32nd. He wasn't in a com- competition on the weekends. But all in all, I don't think it was a terrible performance. Remember, back fusion surgery. He's had four back surgeries. He was out driving everyone he was hitting the entire day, yeah. uh, at all four days, and he played great. And I, I just thought, like, I don't have this whole oh, Tiger, it's a disaster. Yeah, certainly, I would have loved him to be in the final group, but I don't take this away as that Tiger's not back or he's no. terrible. This is what you're going to see. He's a 42-year-old golfer. I see someone who probably has not played competitive golf for three years and now mm. and had back surgery, infusion back surgery, and is now just getting his feeling his way around. I'm I'm excited for the rest of the year for him. Yes, I, I agree sure. wholeheartedly. This is Iron Sports, 735, <laughs> 95.9, True Old. Oldies channel. Let's move on to, to the NBA, Ira. Uh, I want to run through the playoff team. You know, I, I don't know, you know, we don't have matchups uh, per se, but why don't you run through a little bit about you think that this is going to go? <laughs> well, let me just say is that Thursday was a great day and a very interesting day because we're going to talk about Conor McGregor had a bad day. <laughs> um, also, Sergio had a 13 on a, on the, on a par five. A record so for the eight, Masters. Eight strokes overall. We're going to ask Scott, like, how that possibly, how can a m- major winner, who, from Quad, a defending champion, hit the ball in the water? Quadruple bogey. Yeah, octuple <laughs> bogey. Yeah. But in the NBA playoff context, John Wall and the Wizards were 17 points ahead of LeBron going in with six minutes to go in the game. Where LeBron's record, I think, was like 0 and 140 in those situations before. Mm. And LeBron came back, and I was watching with my mother, and I said, Don't leave. I have a feeling something's going to happen. And wow. LeBron took that game. I love over. how it's not even the Cavs came back. It's LeBron came back. It was. Because that's what it was. <laughs> it was insane. There's a show. There was a. Will, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and there's a show when Will <laughs> Smith was just like dribbling and scoring, and people say, You got to pass the ball. That LeBron was just unstoppable. He would take that rebound. He was on defense and offense. He was, I was the most in zone I've seen LeBron almost ever. Yeah. Because, and there was a point where the Wizards didn't know what to do, and Wall was just choking, missing shots, throwing the ball away. And I looked at LeBron, I'm like, that is, that's going to get into the NBA Finals. There's no other player that can do that. Kevin Durant can do There's no player that can do what LeBron, he was making every shot. And at one point, they would all, like, four Wizards converged on him, and he just passed to a guy underneath. He didn't need any Anybody else, just just get away from me. Just run underneath the basket. I'll throw it to you. He was unstoppable. That's funny. That's that uh, Fresh Prince episode is hilarious. You know exactly <laughs> the episode you're talking about. But let's <laughs> let's run down the East a little bit. This Go is ahead. my because this is what we talked about. LeBron. Toronto brings back the same team they've had. Mm-hmm. They for the DeRozan. We've seen this. We've seen it. They were swept in the Cavs by four last year. They were two and four. They lost to the Cavs in six the year before. They're not to me. They had a great year, but they have been struggling this last month. They've lost to Cleveland twice. They've lost to Boston. They lost to Oklahoma City. I'm not. I'm not scared. Not I don't. Sold. I don't think Toronto's going to the NBA Finals. Well, you bring up a good point. What's changed? What's retooled on on Toronto? You guys lose every year trying to get to the finals. What What have you done? The, the Rosen's playing better. The bench might be a little improved. Okay. I don't understand. I don't if get you it. You think you're going to beat the goat? Yeah, it's not happening. With that, good then, luck. Then we bring the Celtics. Everyone's like, okay, the Celtics. But you have no Kyrie Irving. They, last year, they had Avery Bradley, Alinek, Marcus Smarts, Crowder, and is it all gone. They're playing with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. They are going to be lu- playoff experience. lucky to win a round. Very yeah. lucky, depending on what seed they have. They're going to be the two seed. So Toronto's the one, they're the two. That's set. And they'll be lucky to win a round. Now, the Sixers. Now, <laughs> because I like to say is, I don't like look at records so much. I'm like, what they're playing now. Because what you did in November, November was a Long, yeah, it long, matter now. long time yeah. ago. And sure, whether you team. won a couple games or not games, I mean, some of these teams are within two or three games of each other. Where they're counting teams that they bought in November and December. But the Sixers, without Embiid, have won 14 games in a row, and they just beat That's the Cavs crazy. in a game they had to. So if you're looking at a team and you're like, game. there's no experience. But Brett Brown, their coach, was a coach under Popovich for the Spurs. He's doing the same strategy every game. Someone comes up, someone makes a better play. Cummington scores 21 one game and two yeah. the next. He's all always finding the right pieces and you have Ben Simmons who's playing him out of this Un- world yeah. unreal so I, I don't know what the Sixers I still think the Cavs beat them but the Sixers have beat the Cavs twice this year so I do like the 76ers the Pacers are probably going to be the fourth seed um, the, I mean the um, then the Cavs will be the fourth seed and the Pacers the fifth the Pacers are horrendous yeah. so I, I, I absolutely Jesus. don't know what I don't know what they're doing there it's ridiculous now the Heat 
The Heat are just, I don't know where, the Heat are going to be like six, seven, or eight. So I don't know where the Heat, the Bucks, and the Wizards are going to lie. Everything, there's yeah, two more games left. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. But the Heat can beat the Cavs. Like, they're the one team because they have LeBron, they have the Mojo. And I love the Heat. There's, this is what I like about the Heat. I like the fact that Spolstra, Riley, they want to get in the playoffs. Give them seven games. They'll figure it out. I yeah. think their analytics, their staff, their department, they've been to the NBA Finals. They went four years. They know what to do. They are The, the coaching staff is experienced. Wade's on that team. You have Goran Dragic. You have this team but then when I watch them against the Hawks on Ugh. Tuesday I go to this game and I see a Hawks <laughs> team that's one of the worst teams in the league and they said we're not going to have our top four players that were well, injured they're sitting so then they played the worst team in the league played players that really should be on a D league so yeah, they, were, say the G league guys. they are trying <laughs> to lose the game they wanted to lose the, t- the coach was like we don't want to win. our draft position is more important the heat wanted to win they're trying to clinch a player spot the heat Bear, we're losing the entire game. They, they just took the lead with, with like minutes to go. The fans were going crazy. I'm like, you're playing a team that wants to lose, playing G League players, and you're barely beating them. And I've, I think they're going to win in the playoffs. So on one hand, I like, in my head, I analyzed it. I said, the Heat could beat the Cavs. The Heat could go to the finals. Like the, the way the East is set up. But then I look how they play, and I'm like, no, they can't. Nah. When Whiteside doesn't try, when Whiteside doesn't jump, I don't know why Whiteside doesn't jump anymore. He's, he just runs <laughs> up and down, and he does his little push shots. I just don't, there's things I I don't understand Josh Richardson, who I keep saying is so great and fantastic, but then he scores zero points and three points, and then he suddenly scores 20. They're so inconsistent. They go up to the Knicks, and we talked about that game. How do you lose when you're battling for a playoff spot, and the Knicks are trying to lose, and you lose by, <laughs> you don't just lose, you lose by 25 points to them. It's it's amazing. You know, I think that's been, since LeBron left, that's the Heat's issue. They lose to good uh, bad, bad teams. And they will beat the Cavs. And it's like, how are they so inconsistent? I think Spo is a great coach. And it like, infuriates me because I do watch the Heat. And I want the Heat to win. I want playoff basketball here. What? Who would you like to see them play? You said the Cavs, but you're sure you wouldn't rather see Boston or... Yeah, I think they. I think you want to be the seventh seed play because Boston. then you would play, play Boston. Tur- yeah. yeah, you want to play Boston, yeah. then you play Philly. I think you play Boston, but you want to play Boston that first round. I think Boston is just decimated, decimated yeah. team. I, I'll be shocked. I think if I think he could easily beat Boston, so I like to see them do that. And then the Bucks are in the playoffs, and they have they're interesting to watch, but they I just think they just lose so many games. And the Wizards. The Wizards were they better. They proved last night why that's not going to happen. Or not last night, but the Wizards John Wall not being able got, to take a game. Wall had like five turnovers in the last eight minutes. Something just absolutely They played ridiculous. better when he was on the shelf. I mean, yeah. because they, they play more team basketball. John Wall's a guy, he's the Russell Westbrook. He needs the ball in his hands to be the dominant force that he is. And when the ball's in his hands, they're not as good of a team when he's not on the court, which is it doesn't make sense because he is one of the best players in the league. Um, I do think we have a call on the line. It's going to be our buddy Scott Deal. Awesome. Uh, we do have Scott Deal. I had him on last week, professional golfer. Scott, I, I heard you just got off the golf course. Uh, I think you were playing in the Indian Wells in a pro-am t- uh, just like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. We just walked off the golf course. How'd you hit Absolutely it? Absolutely gorgeous out here. Yeah, I hit it pretty good. Uh, How many birdies? birdies today. My, uh, I, had, I had six today. My partner had seven. So we had a solid day. In my career... As a twenty plus handicap, I have four birdies. So you, you, you're doing, you're a little bit better than me, Scotty. We appreciate you popping in uh, here on Iron Sports. So I'm sure you didn't play any golf yesterday. You're probably parked on your couch or at some nice restaurant watching golf. What's your takeaway on the Masters? Oh man! It, well, first off, how exciting was that? What Very. a finish! Um, we the my take is Patrick Reed was an absolute fighter. I think he he picked a fight with the golf course this week. <sighs> He, uh, he he didn't want he didn't want the show to be about Tiger Woods. This was uh, it was the Patrick Reed show in his mind, and and that's what he made it. Uh, you know, um, go ahead and continue. I'm sorry. Oh, I I was just going to say how great it was to see you know Jordan Spieth, and and he said it best in his in his interview about you know he he got to show the world that uh, you never give up, and and he was right there. I mean. It, one pot, one swing air down the stretch, and uh, and he might have been putting on the jacket again. It was just, it was really fun to watch. Scott, you know, that was like we were talking earlier here on Iron Sports. That one of the most interesting things to me was that on Sunday, even on Saturday, so many big names are in contention. You know, Ira was mentioning earlier, Reed didn't have to fight off the 120th golfer in the world that had a good weekend, didn't have to fight off the 80th golfer. He's got Rory McElroy, Jordan Speeth, Ricky Fowler right behind him. That just added to the intensity tenfold for me. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, there was everybody, everybody was on the phone, uh, or sorry, I'm on the phone. Um, everybody, everybody was, everybody was on the charge at the end of it there. 
I mean, you know, that, that back nine, anything can happen. Uh, you look at John Rahm hit the ball in the water on 15, and, and it just kind of ended his day. I mean, they, the one little misstep by anybody, and, and the whole field of sharks was right behind you just getting ready to get ready to pounce. It was, um, it's always the best part about the Masters. Is it's really anybody's, anybody's game until the end. I, 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 Scott, I love the sound of golf clubs as you're talking. That, we definitely feel we're on the course. But get, take me back to Thursday. On Thursday, we saw the defending champion go to the par 515, which the last time he played it, he eagled and to win the Masters and put himself in a good situation. But he hit five balls in the water. He shot a 13. How does someone at that level hit five straight balls in the water and shoot a 13 on a par 5? We were just talking about that uh, <laughs> here this afternoon. And, and you know, I, I have a feeling that after a couple of them, he, he was just trying to, trying to force it to see if he could do it. I mean, I think it was a true tin cup moment. <laughs> um, I thought it was awesome. And maybe because I don't like I, Sergio, but it was, I think you said I think he was – you know what? Well, I'm in bad shape now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at nine. I'm What's thirteen going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, at that point. Um, what's your thoughts on Tiger's performance? You know, we we mentioned a few moments ago. All things considered, I kind of enjoyed watching him play. It could have been better, but I don't think he looked bad. No, I think it was a really. I mean, uh, he he made the cut. I, he, the guy didn't think he was going to play golf six months ago. Yeah. Like ever again, <laughs> yeah. and and for him to be out there making the cut in the Masters, um, to be in a position to where to where Nike wouldn't even let Patrick Reed wear red on Sunday because wow. I, didn't, I mean, it just, I didn't hear about that. That's good. I was wondering why yeah, he was wearing yeah, pink. He so, looked pretty good in that pink, though. <laughs> I, you, you know what? He switched it up and he won. Yeah, very and, good point. Uh, so I guess, and that's. Uh, Scott, the question I have yeah. would, would be in terms of Tiger, one of my takeaways from him was it just seemed like he just couldn't get on a hole three or four shots together. Like it was like he drove really great and his iron play was good and then he'd make a good putt, but it, it just seemed like he just couldn't put all the strokes together. What, what was your take in terms of, I mean, he wasn't, he had a couple, a couple double bogeys, but it was really just a round where he was, he was almost playing a U.S. Open type course where he's going to finish plus one and be in there and, and it was conservative. He played like Patrick Reed probably played on Sunday at the end, just trying to hold on, but when really everyone else is birding. What did you take in terms of his just not being able to get those holes and not get the Eagles until Sunday, those things? Uh, I really thought he, Tiger was trying a little too hard. You know, I think, I think he was trying to be a little too perfect. I think he was trying to make something happen. And, and when you start forcing it, uh, you're going to come up a little short. I mean, that and, and that golf course is just so hard. I think, you know, seeing these guys shoot 62 or 63, 64, 65 on Sunday um, the normal person that hasn't been there and hasn't hasn't been under that pressure doesn't know how difficult that really is. When um, that golf course, it'll just eat your lunch with side hill lies and and tight tee shots that you know you got to shape the ball one direction and the fairway goes the opposite direction. It's just, <laughs> you know, Story it's so so difficult, and uh, and that's what makes what everybody else did so special. I mean, it was a really low scoring day on Sunday. Yeah. So when you saw Rory um, on when you, when Rory on two was like one stroke ahead of one behind uh, Reed at that point did you feel Reed was going to hang on did you feel did you feel like this is Rory where Rory was going to take this over No you know I I know Patrick Reed's a fighter I never I never thought he was ever out of it and and I, I mean Rory looked like he could get it going there but he again he kind of just he never got on that roll the putter was just not hot. And you, the putter's got to be hot to play well at Augusta and shoot the numbers that those guys had to shoot. I mean, Rory, really, he had to shoot 66 to have a chance. Mm -hmm. yeah. So... It, I, I, yeah, I just I didn't see him. I didn't see him getting it done. Really, seven forty nine. Ira on sports ninety five nine. True oldie channel. We're speaking with Scott Deal, professional golfer. Actually, just walked off the uh, Indian Wells Pro Am, where he had more birdies in an afternoon than I've had in my entire life. Um, <laughs> you personally, but you know, before I let you go, 
Did you think Patrick Reed was going to hold on? I, I mean, the charge from Jordan was awesome. Rory looked so good on Saturday. My favorite golfer on the planet, Ricky Fowler, was playing good. Did you think he was going to be able to hold on? You know, I wasn't sure, really, to be honest. I, I wasn't sure. I What I did know is that when he had a three-footer on 18 to win it, I knew he was going to bury it in the back of the hole. Yeah. But up until that point, <laughs> up until that point, it was anybody's. It was anybody's tournament. Absolutely, it was. He is Scott Deal. Scott, I want to thank you so much for popping by Iron Sports. And as soon as we need golf, we know who to call. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thanks, Appreciate Scott. it. Let's pop back just to basketball for a second because I, I didn't get any any West Conference from a Western Conference from you, Ira. I just got the East. So maybe you want to pop into that. Well, I think a lot of people are are, are pumped about the West. I mean, because you have someone wants to see Golden State lose. I do. I do. As I was wearing all his gold and stick. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting what about this, I think a lot, I think this is what's happening in the West, and I think people better be very, very careful. Houston, has, they lost Oklahoma City the other day, and I didn't have to win the game, and Oklahoma City came back and won, but I think Houston is, has flaws. I don't think Houston's this runaway, they're, they're going to win. D'Antoni has proven that his system sometimes bogs down in the playoffs. Uh, I'm, it always does. Chris Paul <laughs> has not been successful in the playoffs. James Harden really – these are players – you're talking about players that have done it before. They haven't done it. Yeah. And this – I'm just not sold on Houston. Golden State, uh, Curry is hurt. He's out for the first round of the series. This is a different team. This is not Curry and Thompson and Green and they're passing. They're getting along. Uh, Steve Kerr is yelling at the team. He's he, they, there's, There seems to be not that love around there. It's oh. definitely an attitude. There's something a matter with them. So – I mean, I'm not saying I, what I'm saying, and when I look at when I look at the West, I'm saying to myself, Houston and Golden State. Now, Portland's the three seed. I, I, they're nice. They're a great team. They're a great year. I just don't see them making. But I think Oklahoma City. If I think if they're the seventh or eighth seed, they could upset Houston or Golden State in that first wow. round. Wow! Because they Houston, Oklahoma City just wants it. They're playing hard. I know they're lucky. Melo finally play, found his stroke. Because every team from fourth to eighth, fourth to ninth, really. Because if Oklahoma City lose their next two games out of the playoffs, every team from fourth to ninth is like in a game of each other. Yeah. So they've all played. But the Spurs, as we went over this, the Spurs without Leonard, I don't see them doing anything. The Timberwolves just got Butler back next year yes this year no the Nuggets are a nice team they have an amazing year but I don't see it but so in New Orleans they lost four out of six yeah. they're struggling Anthony Davis is their superstar player Jazz are phenomenal yeah. they're going to be the four C the Jazz had say. a great year Quinn Snyder's a great coach but they're not going to do it the team that can beat Houston Golden State is Oklahoma City that that series is going to be amazing and you saw Westbrook and just go, how they play their intensity Anthony George and Westbrook they want to win they I think they they no, think they can win. Like they, they're in their mind. They're oh, better course. than those yeah. teams. Yeah. And I just think that if Houston and Golden State were on all cylinders, playing like they did earlier in the year, playing Golden State, playing like they played last year, but they're not on all cylinders. And I think that a team that goes after them can beat them and win. I, I didn't think about them. You know, like they weren't on my radar because, like you said, they they could miss the playoffs. You know, yeah. if they don't get some wins here. But who else can take over a game besides Russell Westbrook? I mean, obviously you've got your LeBrons, you've got your Hardens, but that guy's the dynamicness. He's, he's it's different, he's different the way he takes it over. I'd like to see it because you know I'm all about Golden State not going back to the finals. But you also, I mean, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, we talk about him. This he's he has a lot to prove, and yeah. he's hit a lot of big shots in his career. And he is a scoring option. And an 82 game series that's what a season's a long time. But in a playoff, I like to see on this dynamic. Paul George is a phenomenal player. He can play defense on anyone. Is one of the best defenders in the league. Steve Adams is their big center guy who plays really great player, and really yeah. hard. Their bench is a little weak, but. Man, I think they can do it. I think if if Houston Golden State were playing at all, as if they're on all sillers, they're going to win. But I don't see that. The Curry's out. Their team's feuding. They're fighting. They're not getting along. Durant yeah. doesn't seem happy. That Those two teams are vulnerable. Ira, MVP, who do you got? Harden or LeBron? I, so, I already it, know where he's gone. I, I want to <laughs> say something. I, it, LeBron, uh, when you look at the odds, it's like there are only two people there within 101 are LeBron and Harden. Yeah. I, I think LeBron, as much as I, I think... I, it's just one of these the Jordan debate where I think LeBron played 82 games this year I think this is the, he's playing he's the one of the best he's the second best player I've ever seen in my entire life and he's playing the best basketball of his life so I would give him the MVP based upon that that he's playing better than he's playing better than Harden he's just but Harden's stats are better um, everything Harden's yeah. gonna win it Harden's gonna win it but I would give it to LeBron because I think he's the best player 
and he is playing in the, yeah. in the It's game. funny how the stats don't necessarily dictate well, it's MVP. Like, MVP means most valuable for you, to your team, which can mean a lot of things. Sean, what about you? Well, no, I, I mean, I think it's Harden's, and I, and I don't think it's even a question. Um, but is there the case that, obviously, you could give it to LeBron James every single year? Was LeBron James better than Derrick Rose the year that Derrick Rose won it? Yeah, but that's when it gets down to those voters. It's like, okay, we're not going to give it to LeBron again. we got to give it to somebody else. But, but James Harden, what he's done in terms of turning the Rockets around, making they're the number one team in the league. I mean, it's that's what it is. I mean, when you watch them play, they're different. I mean, we're, we're, even when they went to head-to-head, what did they win by 28 and blew out the mm-hmm. Cavs? I mean, we're going to give it to LeBron James, who's on the fourth, the fourth best team in the East, and that's the MVP right now. I mean, it, that's that's what we're talking about. The number one team in the West, the best player on the number one team in the West, or the best player on the fourth best team in the East. Fair point. I mean, that's I mean that when you break it down like that, it's not even close. When you watch LeBron James, what he just did to come back and beat the Wizards, of course, is LeBron James the best player on the planet? One hundred percent. But the best player in the regular season all year is. James Harden, and he's going to run away with it. Rookie of the year, Ira, who are you taking? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to make it a tie. They're both phenomenal. Oh Donovan God. Mitchell, people. He's a beast. <laughs> I would I would suggest that people get some sleep, stay up late, <laughs> to watch, watch the Utah game. watch the Western Conference Finals, watch these games, watch Donovan Mitchell play. And he is going to be we're going to be talking about him six seven years. He's he's an MVP. Oh, he's Both he and Simmons. We're talking about Rookie of the Year right now. Simmons and Mitchell are going to be com- com- competing for 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 MVP. Like yeah. that's how good these two players are. Sean, what about you? I mean, can you pick one? Uh, right. I mean, it's it's got to be Simmons because I think it took a little bit. You know, you saw the you saw the flash plays from Mitchell early on. It took him till like right before the All Star break to really turn it on. And I feel like Ben Simmons has been doing it all day, every day. I mean, the Sixers, he's turned around. Um, you know, he's this. It, it's it's a crazy dynamic, right? I feel like Ben Simmons is 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 a LeBron James like. Esque player, and then you have Donovan Mitchell, who's kind of like the Dwayne Wade. You know, when you watch Donovan Mitchell, he really reminds me of a young Dwayne Wade. Explosive, can shoot, can take over a game, and then Ben Simmons is the guy with super high basketball IQ, makes the smart pass, doesn't always have to score. Um, great vision on the court. I mean, outside of LeBron James, I think Ben Simmons is the second best passer in this league. I mean, it's he's that scary good when it comes to it. Um, and we've seen the ability to take over a game. We just watched them um, beat the Cavs 132-130 just a few nights ago where it was a game that I mean both those teams were really playing and and Ben Simmons came out on top and LeBron came out after the fact and you know said hey this guy's taking my torch so um, you know but I think for rookie of the year this year it has to go to Ben Simmons 757 I run sports 95.9 true oldies channel we are Mike and Sean behind him let's move to the UFC this was a kind of a crazy day and you'd mentioned Thursday just being an Interesting day across sports. Why don't you tell us what happened, if people aren't really familiar with what's going on with uh, fighting right now, I should say. Well, there was a UFC fight at the Barclays on Saturday, and on Thursday they had a press conference, and Conor McGregor heard about this press conference and knew it was going on, but had a beef with one of the fighters and one of his friends. It's a body of his. Body of his and whatever, and somehow... Out of like wrestling, which is WWE, he was able to get 12 of his guys underneath where the loading dock was, where the wrestlers were leaving in a bus. And instead of jumping around the bus and yelling and screaming, he actually picked a dolly and threw it up against the bus, breaking the windows of the bus and then injuring two of the UFC athletes that were going to compete on Saturday. So whether this was a staged event or whether it was, and then they arrested <laughs> and Conor McGregor gets arrested and put in jail for assault because clearly, and then the card, the UFC card was ruined because they lost three, one of the guys who was involved in the melee for the other side, plus two injuries so they had to redo their entire card so it was like amazing and it's also on the weekend there's Wrestlemania so you have Ronda Rousey making her debut <laughs> and Brock Lesnar so you have all the UFC fighters fighting in Wrestlemania people are wondering whether this was staged or fixed and then you hear that Floyd Mayweather who's the best known boxer doesn't want to box ever again but he wants to wrestle in the UFC so it is so confusing where reality blurs with with uh, people seem to think that's going to happen I don't think it is I mean well I just the pundits to... are saying now like Mayweather's going to fight in the UFC yeah I want to I just want to give you guys an update because this just happened and it's being reported i'm on forbes.com okay floyd mayweather versus conor mcgregor 2 will happen in the octagon with modified rules now this is forbes this is not coming from some yeah. some off brand web i mean this is forbes.com forbes is actually sold and they're saying like that the fight they're the saying right sold. now the numbers <laughs> on it are and okay and it's uh, and i got i got twitter feeds i got a lot of stuff going on but they said it's for it, it, the the 210 million is what it's looking like right now. 
210. And it's modified rules in the octagon. So next Monday's show, what folks. What is modified rules going to be? No I don't kicking? know. It's going to be no kicking, no choking. So it's going to be a I would boxing say, match it in I would, an octagon. No, I would say I some, somehow a form of a different type of glove. Um, what, maybe. What, what, I, I could see that. I could also see. Like, maybe nothing to the ground. I don't know. I don't bad. know. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, with four ounce gloves, no shoes. Five minute rounds at 155. No kicks, no takedowns, no elbows, no knees. <laughs> so he can still choke Mayweather out if he wants. That's about it. Yeah, standing up. Well, that, I think that's standing where. But see, but see, that's where you're. That's where they're coming in terms of. I said to you, who's the heavyweight champion of the world right now? Nobody would know. Nobody knows it's Anthony Joshua, who's undefeated and who's actually a phenomenal boxer. No. It has now become. That's why we're talking about the WrestleMania. When you saw Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey in WrestleMania, the best. It is now the confluence between. Is it real? Is it sports? Is it is it staged? What is it? Our, I mean, our group text <coughs> is blowing up, and Sean, you're immediately like, "This is this is staged." The the, uh, I knew, the, yeah. the McGregor thing. Like, come on, like we're. We're gonna, we'll pay your bail. We'll get you right out. Go smash this thing up. Get us back in the news for 10 yeah. minutes. And Dana White coming out and saying, oh, you know, somebody asks, are you going to ban him? And the guy said, well, what, what, you know, Dana White said, well, what would you do? I mean, there's no place for him. And then the fact that, and I said, I said, as soon as Floyd Mayweather says, hey, I'm coming back, I'm coming to fight in the UFC, and I'm only going to do it against Conor McGregor, Dana White was like, hey, Conor, come on back, pal. Let's, let's make $210 million. Eight o'clock, so, we got to wrap up Iron Sports in just a moment. But first, NHL playoffs start tonight. I love the NHL, and I love the NHL playoffs a lot more. Um, Sean, who you got in the finals, and oh who do you got in the finals, and why? I'm gonna go with. Well, I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. I mean, I feel like they're been, unbelievable. That's what I mean. I think they're the best team. They got the best goalie. They got the best skaters. Um, and it's kind of tough to say, like you know. Pick a Nashville from last year when they're you know number one in their division, but Nashville was the eight last year though. Yeah, yeah but that's what I'm saying. saying. So so to pick a, play, a team like that, I don't want to. But how about the Vegas Golden Knights? I mean, to be an expansion team to finish number one, you know, even still, it's like I don't feel like people the entire season have believed in this team. But I mean, they've just gone out and, and dominated and won with all these players that teams were just willing to give the up. Discards. And they have a two-time uh, Stanley Cup winner in net in, in Flurry. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be Tampa Bay versus the Golden Knights, and you know that that, that that'll be my Stanley I, Cup. I got to tell you, I think the only team, and sorry, I know you're a Pittsburgh fan. I, the only team I could see beating Tampa is Boston. Um, Tampa is just really good. Oh, they're uh, you said the best goalie in the league, Sean. You're wrong. Andre Vasilevsky is the second best goalie in the league. My boy Pecarina and Nashville. Uh, Pecarina, yes. He's the best yes. goalie in the yes. league. So great year. I think the Preds go back. However, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights thing. Oh my God. LA's going to beat them in the first round as the eighth seed. No, <laughs> promise you. No, promise you. It, it, it comes down to the experience. Even these guys, Jonathan Marsh or so, who's a, a Florida castaway, he, he's having a, you know an elite season. I don't see these guys beating teams like LA who won a Stanley Cup three years ago. They go to the playoffs every year as a one, two, three seed. I don't see an expansion beating them. Uh, three or four weeks ago, we were in Vegas. I was in Vegas and talked to you with the feeling about there. And now, what you know, I have a lot of contacts in Vegas. The enthusiasm for this playoff run. I mean, they really, oh this God. is their first pro team. They're the number one seed. They, they are insane. It, ticket prices are through the roof. The that. town is it, going to shut down. I mean, can yeah. you think yeah. Vegas shut down? No. It won't shut down the whole day. It'll just shut down when they play. Crazy. But that's all people are talking about. Talk about it. A jolt of an excitement to that is amazing. You know what's funny? I leave for Nashville on Wednesday. I'll be there for a week. So I will be there for some games. And that city shuts down. Ira, you should really meet me out there. We'll talk about where you're headed next. But maybe meet, maybe meet me in Nashville for, for this because that city, they broadcast the game on the side of the stadium for free. Anyone could come out, bring a folding chair, bring your cooler, big grass here, watch the game outside the stadium on it. I mean, other cities don't do that. That's one of the reasons that I just I absolutely love going there for this kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go Tampa and Nashville. I, I, nobody thought Nashville would get there last year. They're better this year than they were last year. So, so I've got to go with them. You know, we had uh, Mikey of Aron on this show, Ira. What was it uh, last week? He called a winner for us. Justify. He took down both Yoro. Um, he is now going to be, him and Anthem, who won the Florida Derby, are going to be the clear-cut favorites for the Kentucky Derby. 
Well, I mean, Mike was uh, justify hasn't didn't race as a two year old and uh, and said that look, he's ready to go. And I've Both a lot of people, a great horse too. And I've had a lot of people who told me that uh, that he has the wrong bloodlines. He's not normal. All my friends when we had him on the show were saying it can't happen. Who know horse racing? He said he can't. He has the wrong. But look, he had he won by three lengths against the Santa Anita. He beat Boltiora. It was a great race, but still, justify looked fantastic. And you know, I'm excited. This whole season's great. The whole horse racing season's awesome. Shawnee, you got a bold prediction for the weekend. Anything bolder than L.A. knocking off your, your Golden Knights? Well, I was going to say, how about the Golden Knights being L.A. since you're so confident? Two, that seed, the Kings... two seed beating a seven. There really? you go. <laughs> what about you, Ira? Anything crazy you could see happening uh, over the next week in sports? Maybe the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees in baseball. We have a, we're going to talk about baseball, but that's one. I got it, and I got a big one, too. Um, I think this is legal. <laughs> this is a legal one. I think the Supreme Court is going to uh, invalidate a law that, a, that stops gambling. And I think in in this will now starting next week. I think it'll be in the next That'd two weeks. Huge. And it is right now. Las Vegas is Las Vegas, and a couple other states can do certain forms of sports betting. Mm. But I believe that they're going to now allow that, that that rule was not. You can't just say one state has sports betting and nobody else can. Mm. Yeah. And New Jersey challenged it, so this would initially immediately allow betting in New Jersey. Does Atlantic City not have sports? Books? No, there's no sports, books. no sports. No sports. I in never knew. see. Yeah, that makes no sense. I can see that happening. So when you could go to go down in Florida, and maybe you might be able to. Bet on sports there, so that'd be awesome. Ira, where are you headed this week? Um, NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs only. Do we know where yet? Yeah, you're going to LA. Well, I definitely I would, I, but definitely on Wednesday I want to see Toronto, Miami. Awesome. We want to thank you guys so much for popping by. This is Ira on sports. Don't forget to join us every single Monday night here on the True Oldies Channel.